This episode of Pop Punk and Pizza is sponsored by the band Cheer Up Dusty from Philadelphia. What started as a project that was self-diagnosed as a coping mechanism slowly became a full-time band and media project in 2019. Cheer Up Dusty's latest single, Shirtless and Afraid, tackles the subject of hitting rock bottom and feeling helpless. You'll hear the song in full at the end of this episode. Make sure you follow the band on social media at Cheer Up Dusty. I'm going out, I gotta go. I'll bang a ring on the radio. So turn it up, I'm telling you. I think I'm ready for something new. Hey, hello, it's nice to meet ya. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza. Hey, hello, it's nice to meet ya. Listening to Pop Punk and Pizza with Jacques Lamour. Greetings and salutations. I'm Jacques Lamour. Welcome to Pop Punk and Pizza. Hope you've been doing well. I want to remind you that if you haven't already, you got to make sure you sign up for the Pop Punk and Pizza mailing list this month because everyone who signs up for our mailing list in January is automatically entered for a chance to win a cozy and comfy hoodie with our cool logo on it. Plus, you're going to be able to stay up to date on everything that's happening with the podcast. So you can sign up for our mailing list by going to poppunkpizzapod.com. So on today's episode, we're taking a trip to Virginia and talking with uh, most of the members of a band called Weatherworn. Their song Head and Hands was voted fan favorite song of the month for December 2020 by Pop Punk and Pizza listeners, you. So it was great getting to know Joey, Steve, and Adam. They're in the middle of working on their second uh, full-length album, so we get into that in this episode. But uh, towards the end, we also get a little nerdy and talk about Star Wars. We just couldn't resist ourselves. (laughs) So Joey, Steve, and Adam of Weatherworn. Let's go. just want to go around and introduce yourself so everyone knows what you sound like hey so um i'm joey i uh play guitar and do some backup vocals okay and uh steve you can go next hey everyone i'm steven stubbs and i uh play lead guitar in weatherworn and then adam <laughs> hey everyone i'm adam rob and i play drums in weatherworn awesome so we've got almost the whole crew here dylan uh could not join us today and that's it, right? Oh, um, Jack, our oh, Jack. Yeah. Duh, how could I? You <laughs> can't forget the bass player. How could I? My bad. Um, they're probably listening now. Like, damn it, that asshole. <laughs> I'm oh, glad dude, I'm I not like on it. his podcast. I'm glad I couldn't do it. Um, We're a band full of bassists, so I've been there before. <laughs> <laughs> I literally. So most of you have 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 experience playing bass in other bands, or? Yeah, I, I played bass with Joey and a couple couple bands ago i was playing bass okay i played bass in two other bands too oh wow. and then i played bass in a band with adam and with steven when we were younger and then i okay. played bass in a few other bands <laughs> okay so how did weatherworn come together because i know you're a relatively newer band um you know so okay i guess if we go all the way through the history um steven <laughs> adam and i played in a band in high school um, probably what was that like 10 years ago now, I guess 2011 was when that band ended. Yeah. Um, we all kind of went separate ways. Um, Adam and I played in a band called Fangari for a bit. Um, after Fangari stopped, um, he did his project. I did mine. Um, there's a project called prior engagements at one point that I had played in. Um, it was like a solo thing, but Adam was coming in and doing recording for bass and drums. Uh, you know, we just have that going and everything. 
prior engagements eventually changed to weather-worn. And then somehow we all came back together. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, I'm, um, glad, I'm glad you guys um, managed to make your way back to each other. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Head & Hands was voted um, by listeners as the uh the favorite song for the month of december from our pop punk and pizza spotify playlist and um you know i've I've watched the music video for that a couple times and i was just watching it again before getting on the zoom call and you know there's obviously that that point in the music video where you're shown uh the, the whole band's shown wearing animal masks you know there's a lion there's a wolf uh, uh, a tiger i think um I, I was just curious, is there a significance behind the masks and the animals that you chose? Or was it just like, oh, this looks cool. Let's let's do this. Well, it's it's kind of a funny story, like how we came up with the masks. Um, and I think what, just to start, every, every, anything creatively and visually can kind of come together as like happy accidents in terms of how cohesive it is. But originally... Um, we, you know, knew we'd be filming inside of locations and, you know, we needed to be as safe as possible in terms of like, you know, keeping our masks on inside. If we couldn't, if we had to be close together, you know, if we couldn't maintain certain distance, you know, cause of COVID. So rather than kind of like wearing masks on set, you know, while we're shooting, like we didn't, you know, we, we wanted to kind of separate from that reality. And so we, we actually had the animal masks over top of our, you know, your face masks. masks. Yeah. Okay. So, so it, was, it was out of an abundance of caution, but then we kind of like snowballed off the idea. And as terms of like, what are the masks going to look like? Are they going to be scary? What are they, you know, and then we kind of got on the animal, animal topic and we all kind mm-hmm. of picked our animals, you know, kind of off of a uh, lions, tigers, bears. And then, you know, and we kind of messed it up from there. Okay. And, so, uh, you know, the song meeting kind of, uh, meaning kind of rolled into it and, um, an, another happy accident, like, uh, Steven ex- suggested the masks and it, uh, all kind of snowballed. So it's really cool. <laughs> okay. Um, what's your take on it, Adam? Um, yeah, I mean, kind of, that's how it started really. We could, I was, you know, we were worried about, you know, being close together indoors. So we were like, we need to wear masks, but you know, like Steven said, we wanted to separate from that. So, we had the idea of putting on animal masks and mm-hmm. we all wanted to, we, we had the idea of doing predator masks. So we all picked a, an according animal that we like. When you said predator, I was literally thinking like the yeah. movie predator, <laughs> <laughs> like that would have been, that would have been pretty scary <laughs> if you're all wearing predator and, and alien masks, you know, while you're doing this video. Um, but I, 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 sorry, go ahead. Oh, I know. I was just, I know, Joey, we, we, I think there was, you know, in the lyrics, there was themes of like kind of sort of running from, I don't know, running from not responsibilities, but I mean, I wasn't in fully involved with that part aspect mm-hmm. of writing, but I think that that had a part in part in it too. Yeah. It's cause I mean, even the song itself is head in hands. So, I mean, you got the, you got the word head in there already just with this, <laughs> you know, the, um, the song title, but I can see where it, it is a good reference to other lyrics. So I like how it is kind of a cool, uh, coincidental accident. <laughs> yeah. So that, that, uh, I think that worked really well together. So I was just curious as I was watching, cause I know sometimes it's just like, eh, there's no meaning behind it. It just looked cool, but it sounds like it was kind of like a little bit of both for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so getting to, I, I was listening, I, you know, a couple times I've listened to your whole catalog of, of music on Spotify and I noticed the band has only released singles and you have the, the first full length uh, as well. And I know you're, you're working on, the the second full length uh first full length being still frames released in 2019 and it's i was just really it's rare to see when you go to a band's spotify or where wherever you're listening to the band's music that you don't see an ep on there because that's just like 
it's become the norm for quite a while now. And especially in today's music industry climate, that's what you see. You see singles and and maybe some EPs, but I I couldn't find an EP, um, you know, on uh, on Spotify. So what's I mean, where did it come in to be like, okay, we're going to do albums. We're not going to. mess with or was that once again like an accident kind of thing so here's where it gets kind of tricky um so weather Warren started off as a project called prior engagements um probably in like 2016 and this was right after adam and i had both gotten out of the band um i started recording under the name prior engagements and adam and i met up in a studio and we just demoed out probably about like what was it adam like 10 songs maybe something like that yeah we did like about 10 songs and then probably about two years went by of the songs were there, not necessarily released in a cohesive way. Um, I was kind of touring them like solo acoustic for a bit, but it just wasn't fully there, you know, going from operating as a full band to doing like solo acoustic, trying to do touring, whatnot. So um, after a while, when the band was rebranded again with the idea of like, um, you know, kind of pulling it in together as a full length, Um, I had taken some of those songs and put them onto a demo, um, which was called like the weather worn demo, uh, rechanged the name, uh, like rebranded the name and then put it out as an EP. Um, EP was on sites for a little bit. You can still find it on Bandcamp, but it was kind of like a collection of the songs from that first session that, um, Adam and I had done. Um, So, you know, two years go by and then I was still running solo for a bit. So I had wanted to see some of those songs and those demo ideas come to life. Plus just everything else that was being recorded. So first album was recorded as a full length, um, like a solo full length, I guess, with the intent of becoming a full band. And so it happens once that album was kind of done, uh, we all wound back up in that picture. So it was like, hey, now we have this full length. Um, everybody's ready to jump in, kind of perform this as a full band. And now we can just go right in sort of writing, you know, like together developing this into LP two. So mm-hmm. by no means traditional, you know, but it happened the way that it did kind of as, as a happy accident. And, mm-hmm. you know, 2020, we're recording LP two and yeah, now it's a full band. So it's mm-hmm. Great. <laughs> so when you were actually but, um, recording the first full length still frames, it was actually intended to be a, a solo project. Um, I wanted a full band, but had been playing in so many bands at the time and didn't have the chemistry that mm-hmm. I just kept continuing and kept continuing. And then I didn't want to be a solo singer songwriter, you know, but had mm-hmm. to keep putting out music and yeah. Yeah, like you said, kind of, <laughs> kind of backwards. Um, I, I've talked to a couple of people recently, a couple of different bands that kind of started out like that. Like they, this album was all written with them and someone else. They didn't even have a band, and then all of a sudden they were like, "All right, let's form an actual band now," right. <laughs> and then release this. So it's uh, it's definitely a different take, but it just goes to show that there's no there's no rule book on right. on this stuff. You know, sometimes I feel like it's timing, too, because, you know, like um, back to the three of us, like we had played in a band together for the first time when we were about 16 to 18. Mm-hmm. And, you know, life comes in the way of things. Eventually, everybody goes different paths. But like. I feel like and maybe, Adam, you could relate to this as well, but over time, like you get into these new projects, you keep trying to do it, but things don't work to so one day. People kind of our age, you wake up and it's like. Oh, am I talking about it? I'm uh, 28 right now, but mm-hmm. you know, at some point you keep pushing and stuff and then you kind of have to work backwards if it didn't work out in between, if that makes sense. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I get what you kind of like, you, you've tried all the other ways. So let's try it this way kind of thing. Sort of. Yeah. You come back to like square one and then have to rebuild, mm-hmm. but it's, I don't know, you know, it, it's like a weird I, perception. Yeah. Um, like, the band that the three of us were in high school was called Gutterhead. And then after that ended, I played with a friend. We did a solo project. Well, the duo project. And then uh, I did like four or five other bands. And it just, I mean, Joey and I did play in that one band. And then after that, I played in two more. And then it just was like, it just wasn't working. And then I kind of just, 
I stopped playing music seriously for a while. I was just like, oh, I'll just do it for fun. And you know, I started playing mandolin and just kind of getting into like folk stuff. And then last summer, well, I guess summer 2019, finished college up and then kind of reconnected with these guys and it just all fell into place. And I just came over just to jam on drums because I was like, oh, I haven't done, I haven't played drums in forever. Like that'd be fun to go do. And then it just all kind of blossomed into this, like this brotherhood that like, I'm just like, Oh, I miss these guys. I'm just playing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just, I'm really happy of how it turned out. Uh huh. Yeah. I guess that goes to prove that you should never turn down just a, a simple opportunity, someone and in just inviting you over to play some drums just to, yeah. you know, hang out. It's right. like, well, why not? I'll see, you know, I'll see what this is about. It's not like I have to commit, you know, it's just, we're, we're going to hang out and jam and see what happens. Right. So, um, so with LP, you know, working on full length number two, what, what is there, is there a big difference between the new music you're working on now versus still frames because listening to still frames i don't know if you guys have i'm sure you get compared to different artists and stuff like that but as as i was listening and even just listening to like head and hands um one of the the bands that came to my mind was something corporate um yeah (laughs) and um i'm a big something corporate fan uh i grew up listening to them they were one of the the first bands i saw live back when i was like 12 and um so diving more into still frames i was like oh yeah like i i feel like i can kind of hear that um so yeah what can pretty much what can we expect from this new record <sighs> steven do you want to jump in on this one um yeah absolutely i'm not really sure <laughs> you know um, so this is a great time for you to ask that question because, uh, you know, it, the four of us were just in the studio, uh, with Will Beasley down in Richmond, Virginia, which I, I like to recall. I, I like to affectionately call it the brick oven because it's a square brick building where we have nothing but time to cook, you know, <laughs> like cook music and cook ideas and figure out what, where we're going with what. So we had a lot of time to talk about this and listen to what we'd recorded. And honestly, like, you know, it's been kind of tough to, to find an, an audience and, and stick to it and, and really, really please them with one niche thing. Um, what I think is really coming into this next album is a lot of elements from favorite rock sounds ranging from, you know, you've got a little bit of, you know, emo in there, but you've also got a lot of like nineties indie rock. You've got a lot of alternative rock sounds um, and, and really, you know, kind of bringing it into the, the 21st century too, with sounds that you might hear with bands like, you know, Kings of Leon and stuff like that. So we, we really are working to create as dynamic of a sound as possible. That really is an album that pulls from a lot of different areas of rock music in a way that's not going to be all over the place. You know, Joey's really working to pin down sort of a signature tone that can go through, you know, all these songs that are sort of their own piece of the album. You know, they're, they're very, they're very individualized, but they still carry that unique tone. So, I I mean, you're going to, if you're a fan of rock music, you're, you're going to find something in there that you really, really love, you know? So with uh, talking about that, um, is head and hands, uh, a song that the band wrote collectively together, or was that part of something you know, that was already put together and, and you guys just recorded it and, and put it out. Um, you know, so I kind of continue with writing outlines. Um, I think the weirdest thing about still frames, for instance, is I was writing things that came to mind, but I don't necessarily play lead guitar. I don't necessarily play certain in- stuff. So I'll present it and do my best. But going into LP2, it was like writing. There were some songs that started writing as soon as still frames ended. Um, we had some songs that Adam and I had like kind of discussed in previous projects that were still sitting around. So it was kind of like collecting 
starting off with about 15 songs, we needed it down to 10, really fine tuning. And then I would bring them to the band. And then after the band sat down and digested it, we started talking about, you know, maybe we're going to try this here. Maybe we're going to set it up in this tone. Um, for instance, like, I'm not a lead guitarist, so I might have some melodies in my head, but you show it to Steven who is a lead guitarist and that's what he does. Mm -hmm. Then it's going to start becoming bigger than that initial melody in the head. So I guess that's kind of how it went about. Like I fine tune, maybe like if a bass is going to play a lower note here, the guitar is going to also do something above it to where they complement each other. Yeah. But that's the end of my job after that, you know, organizational. <laughs> but then what everybody does is what really makes these grow to that next level. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I don't know. Um, we've Adam and I were just on the phone actually earlier today talking about um, what we're going to do for the next time we record. Mm -hmm. And some of it, I think, um, <laughs> back to Adam real quick there about. Um. <laughs> yeah, um, you know. With COVID, it's like it's hard to get practicing as a regular thing, especially with recently with the holidays and you know, everyone's lives and everything going on. But, you know, with COVID, hopefully being on the downside of it now, when we can start practicing regularly again, having everybody there together, we can more more collaboratively work on stuff, which I think will definitely be in the future as far as um, as, as opposed to having ideas and sending them back and forth through demos on mm -hmm. you know, email and stuff like that, which is it works for yeah. the situation we're in. But yeah, that's the, um, that's the world we live in now. Um, and even before COVID, like that's been a, a thing with technology being so accessible, you know, band members live all over the country or sometimes all over the world. <laughs> and that's how they're still a band because they can send, you know, each other songs and demos and, all that kind of stuff through the internet. So, um, but going back to kind of what Steven was talking about earlier with, uh, with the second record, he was talking about you, Steven, you were talking about like Kings of Leon and things like that. What are some of, uh, the other bands that you're kind of looking for to grab elements from or ideas from besides like, you know, Kings of Leon, uh, to add to your sound. I really love, by the way, I really love the bounciness to a lot of the songs. Um, you know, like that, that bouncy, uh, drum beat. And then, you know, the guitar that follows suit it, it and obviously that's in head and hands, but it's in a lot of songs from still frames as well. And, um, you know, I think when it comes down to that outline, um, the, writing of the outline pulls sometimes from like the wonder years um louder now taking back sunday for instance american idiot to a degree so it's got that pop punk esque or like that you know early 2000s esque emo towards it um mm -hmm. another one um jack's mannequin for me and yes something corporate so i'm always going to write songs in a sense like that mm -hmm. but mine stops there to where then when you're looking at the rest everybody pulls in from theirs so yeah like that's like, my answer i guess but <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's a lot of the songs are really deeply rooted in in uh in in pop uh, pop punk music and um you know kind of emo pop punk as well but um it, it's it's funny because like what we what we have out right now um it's going to fit really well within the album, but I think people are going to be a little bit surprised at some of the other tracks. And we're now we're kind of sitting here like, you know, kind of devilishly planning, like how do we throw people off by potentially dropping a single out of this, you know, potentially. Right. Um, you know, to, so that like when they really listen through the whole album, they're like, wow, like, you know, there's some stuff on here that like I didn't expect and it caught me by surprise in a good way. So, but you're definitely going to hear a lot of, um, like Joey said, Green Day, Taking Back Sunday, you know, that you're, you're definitely going to hear those influences as well. But I think the other kick to that is like when Steven and I were driving down to the studio, he started pulling out like Dinosaur Jr. Steven's always, uh, you know, Steven, you've talked about Foo I'm Fighters. I'm the indie kid, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm definitely like the indie rock kid in the band. And the funny thing is like the stuff that I grew up to, a lot of those bands were listening to dinosaur jr to the foo fighters to those indie bands yes so it comes full circle to where like maybe 
I write in one sense, but then Steven with the indie kid side, you know, comes in and puts in those other towns. suggestions <laughs> and that's where yeah. it goes even further. So I guess I was open to that for you, Steven, like what are your influences based on the recording that are really starting to bleed through? Because now it's even further away from like what I was, you know, essentially doing, but then yours added on top that makes it its own thing now, which is so sick, you know, like that's what I meant, but I've definitely been listening to a lot of like Jay Masics uh, from Dinosaur Jr. lately, for sure. Not that I haven't in the past listened to copious amounts of Dinosaur <laughs> Jr., but just like right now, I've been on a kick. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that the whole thing is just like just focusing on tone, really. You know, what can we get sonically out of those guitar tones? And I think you know, what we were able to lay down last week really, really made me excited for what's to come. I mean, you're going to, you're going to hear some like shoegazy effects in there from, um, you know, sort of the, the shoegaze genre of, you know, sort of late eighties, early nineties, indie rock, but also some of that fiercer, harder, louder stuff, uh, like dinosaur junior. And, and, you know, we're, we're also trying to make a modern rock album, right? Like we need, we got to find it put a little bit of what's hot in there tonal wise. And, um, you know, I, I think, I think, uh, you know, that's why I kind of casually mentioned Kings of Leon cause they're a great example mm-hmm. of that, but you know, that's, that's sort of what I'm going for when I'm, when I'm listening to those guitar tracks getting laid down and, and just trying to figure out, you know, how do we, how do we mesh that all together? Yeah. After hearing all this talk about the new record, I'm really curious as to what it's going to sound like just because it really is, so the the creative process is is so different compared to the first record it sounds like of it just pretty much right. being like oh this is going to be a solo project but actually now it's a band and then you know now everyone is actually in a band together so you're yeah. all throwing all these elements together and seeing what kind of spews out so it'll be cool to hear more of a um I guess even more of an original weather-worn sound. It's it sounds like you're really trying to capture that, find that signature it'll sound. Yeah, it'll it'll. I've I've been taught, Joey and I have had a back and forth on this as to like what Still Frames is to this album and what and vice versa, and it's definitely going to be. It's going to feel I think a little bit like a spiritual. Um, you know, sequel, you know, or the, 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 and it, it's, it's going to be connected in, in some ways. So, um, yeah, I, I hope it's just like, you know, just the epic big sequel to the first one. You yeah. Know? Like, I'm sure it will. So. I'm sure it, it's bound to, you'll hear Joey's songwriting in there for sure. Funny enough, uh, the first one kind of was lined up like a concept, a loose concept. And I think number two, actually is turning into a concept album con- continuing through number one. Um, so we work with Cassie Potish um, yeah. for our artwork. Yeah. And she and does an amazing job. She's, yeah. she's so good at what for she sure. does. So uh, her and I kind of developed like this concept of what weather worn was for still frames. And when we were talking about, we kind of realized, um, and Cassie was the first to say this, but we kind of have this character. Um, she, she loves when bands kind of have like that iconic brand going on. So since it's failed, perfect example, she's got the character hours. Mm -hmm. We came up with this guy and our guy, you'll see on the head and hands cover, you'll see him on all the single artworks. And, you know, Steven and I talked about it when he joined Weatherworn probably about a year and a half ago, um, about like we were sitting there and we put it all back and forth after going off of like, uh, what Cassie had suggested, you know, you have postcard. I mean, um, you have all of these Polaroids and there's that same guy in the Polaroid. So we kind of ran with that afterwards. Like, you know, who is that guy in that Polaroid? What is this? If we Uh take the Polaroid away, is it still the same character? Mm -hmm. So weirdly enough, another happy accident is now we have this character that has grown from LP one into LP two. So now we're kind of writing a story around it to determine where this guy is going. 
Yeah, I mean, looking at some of those, I, I see what you're talking about now. He yeah. never looks happy. Poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> we won't give it away. There's a reason for that. Oh, yeah. you'll hear it. Yeah, it's, our, our lips are sealed yeah. on that one. Okay. But yeah. Well, weirdly enough, another happy accident that, um, yeah, there's kind of a story about it. And there's so actually a story about that guy in Head and Hands. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Man, yep. I'm going to I'm going to look for that or I'm going to listen for that now and try to figure that out. So what is the so still frames is about this guy as well then. It's about sort this sort of um you know I think when I was writing the lyrics about it um I I was 26 when I started writing those lyrics and there was this whole chunk of life between like 22 to 26 where you're kind of an adult but you're not an adult at the same point. I know exactly and what you're talking about. <laughs> Still Frames was written about that. And I think I can give this detail away, but there's certain things that happen, you know, in that age group that can really define things. You know, I don't know if we're already fully mature. Um, I might as well throw this in here. Um, I work in social work and in psychology. Um, I'm in psychology now. A lot of that was written, though, on social principles and things that happen, you know, just in that kind of day and age. And you know, some people will decide to go to school. Some people will decide to stay where they're at. Some people will have a family right away. Some people will wait, you know, until they're, you know, out of this age to kind of develop and figure out who they are. Still Frames is about essentially trying to figure out what your path is and all the unhealthy things that happen in the way that you're trying to figure that out. Some people don't walk away from that unhealthy stuff. Some people overcome it. Still Frames is kind of that person that got sucked in. Like a fictional character that got sucked into all those things. Okay. okay. So I can leave it right there, I guess. Okay. All right. So figure out the rest. And so, <laughs> so with the next record, it's going to dive further deep into that mm -hmm. as a concept more, more so. We'll hear more of like the songs tie together as a story. What's that guy do? Yeah. How yeah, does okay. it play out for him? So oh, to speak. man. So, dun, yeah. dun, dun. <laughs> you got to have like a, uh, since it's like, a, you know, it's kind of a concept. You got to have like a, a, like a trailer video for it and have like that, uh, that old school trailer voice guy, you know, in a world. <laughs> I'm in happy Virginia. you mentioned that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know if we ever really quite realized what we were doing this project's is a ton of happy accidents yeah. so maybe we will have that voice There's maybe we need that man voice. a sad man <laughs> stuck in his past something yeah. like that that's a horrible um uh present presentation there but you know you can't, you can't yeah, i'm glad he said it though because that makes my brain think and like how we're gonna how we're gonna do this yeah. i don't know if we thought about it yeah <laughs> I hope you've been enjoying this episode of Pop Punk and Pizza so far with Joey, Steven, Adam of Weatherworn. I'd like to take a quick moment to thank Cheer Up Dusty for sponsoring today's episode. Cheer Up Dusty is a pop punk band out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and was started in January 2019 by lead vocalist Justin after contemplating to continue to write music or just give it up. For the rest of time. So after releasing their debut EP, Last Year Gave Me the Business, and filming a music video for their first single, which is We Get uh, We Get It, You're Sad. <laughs> the project was a self-diagnosed coping mechanism, and it slowly became a full-time band and media project. So with the addition of longtime friend and collaborator Patty, another emotional diary came to be. So to round out the band, New Bloods, Brian and Paul joined in late 2020, and the growth will only continue. You'll hear Cheer Up Dusty's latest single, Shirtless and Afraid at the end of this episode. Now let's get back to Joey, Steve, and Adam of Weatherworn. We'll be getting into uh, that Star Wars stuff soon. So, you know, I I have not spoken to a lot of bands from Virginia. At least I, I'm trying to think if there's any others that come to mind, and there's really none. But what is the music scene like in Virginia? I mean, you don't... I feel like you don't hear a lot from Virginia. Um, you know, I feel like or a I could lot be of wrong. It, I think when you go all the way back to like because we're right outside of dc we're in northern virginia yeah um i know 
there is definitely like the DC punk scene that you'll see a lot of that in our area. Um, we have a mesh of everything though. So like I interned for a sound company one time that did a lot of country music and bluegrass. Um, I feel like Virginia, especially Northern Virginia is kind of like a melting pot in itself, depending on where you're going for. Um, there's a lot of punk music though, that really, you know, DC punk is very much, you know what it is <laughs> very so, radical usually very political right so much of that yeah the, the then, ian mckay sort of this punk yeah but then mm-hmm. you have country bands around here too so yeah yeah it's very there's so many opportunities um i don't know how to answer that per se because <laughs> they <laughs> overlap and they don't there. overlap if that makes mm-hmm. sense yeah. so i don't know yeah. what one thing i would throw out just to plug our little hometown, because the the three of us you have on right now all graduated from uh, Hanley High School in Winchester, Virginia, and it's it's funny how uh, low key of a little music. I mean, it's I mean we're talking like a thirty five thousand person city, right? Okay. It's it's got a it's got a college that's a music conservatory, but it's funny how passionate this this city is. Uh, this little city is about you know, about music, you know, Patsy Cline grew up there, which sort of started a lot of, you know, its legacy in, uh, in country Western, um, Willie Nelson loves to stop through Winchester. He's played shows there and, you know, he's got a couple hangout spots. Um, but like, even in our local scene, like when we were growing up, like we had a pretty rich scene to play in, even though we weren't in a big city, like we weren't, you know, hard up for shows, uh, and this was a long time ago, and of course the game's changed now. But, but even now you got bands like you know just to throw out a plug right now, like Azure Wolf, who I've been listening to a lot recently, um, you know because of some of their their EP that they drive. I think it was singles actually, and their song Dancing Bears. Like, there's a lot of bands like that that are just like super talented coming out of such a small city that it's it's um, it's pretty awesome to see the talent pool you know, um, with, with that size of a town. Yeah, then we have bands like um, Gallows Bound. Um, I don't know if you've heard of them before. Gallows Bound. Um, that sounds so familiar. It's like, Adam, you know Gallows Bound pretty well. It's um, kind of like folk punk, I guess, to a degree. Yeah, it's like, it's like folk punk, bluegrass punk, and uh, they're a great mix of that. Uh, they're a real fun time live and really good music. That's what I'm trying... <laughs> And they're all from this town too, you know, so it's like really cool. I, you know what I saw, I bet this is the band that I saw. Yeah, it has to be because I followed them on Instagram. I went and saw, um, crap. I'm going to forget who it was now. They've done a lot of tours. Like, yeah. And I'm trying to remember the tour now. Um, cause they were, they creep show somewhere else they were a supporting band for uh for a ska punk band from michigan i don't know why i'm forgetting their name all of a sudden i'm having a big brain fart um do 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 is it pie tasters no not they- pie tasters um my god why am i i it'll come to me i hope it comes to me before we're done because i'm gonna be pissed (laughs) if i remember but anyway long story short um i did see them when they uh came through chicago that would have been at least two years ago i think um and they played at at reggie's uh on in the in the loop in chicago and they i had never seen a band quite like them <laughs> like their show was just it was cool it was crazy um and yeah i would definitely describe them as folk punk but i i really got a kick out of them that's why i had to follow them on instagram because i was like these guys are cool um but i guess i completely forgot that they were from virginia so then um you know uh random holiday and then mike frazier and the diane wild uh they're from winchester as well so okay. um, I know they've, I feel like Random Holiday has probably been in, you know, some of these pop punk groups before and stuff. I Do, mean, the name, um, that name sounds familiar as well. Yeah. So it's really cool. You know, it's, there's kind of like this small hub, like in our town, I guess, which is really cool. Uh-huh. Um, got, in the Northern got, Virginia. I don't know. Um, yeah. Northern Virginia is kind of a, an, an interesting story. I mean, there, the, it's, it's, it's uh, really oversaturated. There's not as many places to play as you'd, need to support 
that many musicians. Like there's some small clubs. Um, because I specifically live in uh, around the Centerville, Fairfax area. Uh, and there's small clubs kind of dotted around the landscape here, but you really got to go into DC. And I know that DC's really dominated, especially well before, you know, venues started closing because of COVID, like there was a lot of, uh, you know, indie pop and like, you know, sort of, uh, dance bands coming in for like U Street Music Hall it was almost a discotheque at, at a certain point. Yeah. Um, and then 930 bringing in a lot of, you know, uh, indie bands and acts like, you know, Neon Indian or Wild Nothing, you know, sort of in that sort of vein there. Um, but, D- uh, you know, DC is super, you know, super colorful and you can find anything there that you want really from hardcore traditional DC punk to, you know, sort of the new flavors coming in. Yeah. I guess uh, another thing, so to speak. Um, so Winchester is at the very, very tip of Northern Virginia um, where the three of us kind of grew up. So we're on the border of West Virginia and Maryland, and then about an hour from um, Pennsylvania, if that. And I think just like within those four States, there's a lot of really cool stuff going on. That's almost kind of like its own. And then you get towards DC, then you get towards like Baltimore as well. Yeah. Like Frederick, Maryland has some cool 16, stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, but then you also have Harrisburg, you know, or you have Harrisonburg, Virginia. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. then you've got the West Virginia scene as well. This like, weirdly enough, we're in this location where you're like an hour and a half from everything to two hours. Yeah. I grew up in Pennsylvania as a kid and then moved here. So it's like, it's that central hub almost. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but it's, no, it's cool. You're right. You've got uh, you've got a lot to to kind of choose from. You can go to D.C. or you know the other neighboring cities you mentioned. It, it, that's uh, kind of a, a cool spot to be in. It's easy to tour out of here because we kind of do like a spider web tour. Like we'll shoot out from Northern Virginia to, you know, going up to New York and then hit Philly on the way back and shoot down to Charlotte, North Carolina and hit like, you know, Richmond on the way or on the way back. Like, so it's nice to be able to like, kind of, we call it like boomerang weekend runs. Mm-hmm. Like when we went on our, our winter tour, we'd like boomerang out and then come right back. And, you know, so it's, yeah, it's, it's nice to be within three hours, three to five hours of basically most major mid Atlantic cities. You know, Weatherworn hasn't done it yet. Prior engagements did, and then some previous bands. Um, but we're also towards like that Pittsburgh, Ohio portion. Yes. So I can't wait till we start getting back up that way. Um, I know Adam and I were going to do this Ohio run a few years ago, and our van broke down on our way out oh, there. Oh no! But we were hitting like uh, Morgantown, West Virginia. We were going to hit Pittsburgh again. Uh, expand out further. I think. I think we had like a Cleveland date book. And then something in Columbus, but then we never got to play them. So hopefully this band will get up to that, that section as well. Like more yeah. of like the, uh, Midwest Northwest area. Right. From here. So, <laughs> I mean, I <laughs> one know of these days. Yeah. One of these days. And, and that's the thing with COVID. We don't know when live shows are going to return on a regular basis and things like that. So, I mean, I know you're probably kind of far out from actually releasing, this record but i mean what's you know you you, most bands kind of have to look at okay how can we interact promote and things like that our music still while the live show is kind of not there um how how are you guys planning to to kind of do that provide providing you know content uh to your fans online and trying to interact with them and and engage more no um i think that's what really throws it like into a tricky scenario because you know from talking to every like other people in bands or you know like friends or just you know hearing about things through either facebook groups or online i don't know if there's necessarily a clear-cut answer um what we do have right now though if there is kind of like a storyline there might for these albums you know there's some social content in that aspect there are still these live stream opportunities especially in different cities and different countries for that matter, that you can still kind of get into Um, people do virtual tours or they have like the really big live streams in the sense of like, you know, going into these venues or doing like a warehouse scenario that get it more to like a national level. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like, I feel like we're in this aspect where there's room to adapt right now. And there's a little, 
I don't know if you should say more opportunity in a sense, but there are different opportunities that could, you know, manifest in a way that touring used to, but it's so early on right now, especially during the release cycle that it's hard to predict, you know, really what's going to come out, but it's a blessing in disguise too, because I don't know. I hope that kind of answers it. I don't really uh, (laughs) know what to say though, for, you know, I'm just always um, curious to hear how bands are, because I know it's it's kind of a, a new, I mean, uh, providing content online has always been a big right. thing for many years, but now more so than ever, it's like the number one thing because of show live shows, in-person live shows not existing. So I'm always curious to hear the new ideas that artists are coming up with so one that we've you know kind of toyed with before but i don't think we've necessarily acted on it is you know there's all of these studios offering live streams now you could potentially set up a tour in a in a way you know of saying that you know book of book a studio in this town then another one then another you could perform live in those um granted you know that studio i think is probably going to plug their local area so are we Mm -hmm. when we're on that stop to where like even though it's not a tour tour per se of like stopping in and meeting people, their outlets are still going to be, you know, like those fans are still going to be able to be pinpointed in that town. Whereas in, if we do a live stream from Winchester right now, we could tag all these locations, but are people from all these other locations really going to tune in? Or if you do a live stream in a different town, you know, at a studio in a safe environment, maybe those plugs are still going to come in that way too. So Mm -hmm. I don't know, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I know. I just hope hope they get more of the the vaccinations rolled out and that actually does help like it's supposed to. Well, even things like this too. I mean, we've, we've been, you know, we've been loving coming onto podcasts and we get a little bit more comfortable every time talking about stuff. And, you know, so, so yeah, I mean, this, right here honestly is is a big part of our engagement so that's why we really appreciate you know podcasters having us on and giving us a shot to talk about what we're doing so of course man yeah i'm happy to have you guys (laughs) so (laughs) and uh i feel i feel bad for adam he's been quiet for a while we haven't it's it's so hard. Sometimes it's hard to include everyone. Ask him about vegan food spots in every major Ooh. city. He'll he'll be in Star Wars. Yeah, the, I've uh, yeah I've got my Star Wars shirt on. <laughs> I, <guess, laughs> I can see. I watched the Mandalorian. I haven't finished it yet. But. I haven't watched the second season yet because the first one. Um, I, uh, I, once I say this, I'm going to, I'm going to be a target, but I got a uh, bootleg copy of the first season of Mandalorian. Cause I don't have Disney plus, um, but I might get Disney plus now just to watch that second season because I really loved that first season. Yeah. It was just so good. Pretty worth it. I'm not going to lie. The second season's pretty, uh, it, it's pretty awesome. Especially if you're a fan of all forms of star Wars media, like the cartoons and whatnot. Yeah, I, I never got into the cartoons, but um, I mean, the all the I loved all the movies, you know. Um, unlike some people, um, oh man, we're doing it again, Adam. What what's your take on Star Wars, man? Oh man, you know, put you on the spot. Really going to get me started on that. <laughs> all right, let's hear it, bro. Dish it out, dude. <laughs> I just I don't know. I I was obviously really stoked about new movies coming out because when I went and saw Revenge of the Sith with my brother when we were like. 12 we were like all emotional because we're like this is the last time we'll ever see a star wars movie in theaters and then you know we were blessed with being able to watch more you know a few years ago and i was Mm -hmm. you know i'm stoked i was really stoked about it and i love i really did like force awakens i like that a lot i feel like last jedi was as there's a lot of things about that i didn't really like um and then because of that um rise of skywalker they were the first bit of it they were just like okay, the lightsaber's not actually gone and this, that, and they were um, just kind of like refixing stuff. And I don't know, I feel like it could have been done a lot better. But at the same time, I'm still grateful um, for there being so much more Star Wars uh, media now. I mean, there's all these shows coming out and everything. So like- Yeah, you're right. Like Mandalorian, for yeah, instance. Like, like that's played- one of the greatest things that Disney has done with Star Wars. Yeah. And I played like the Old Republic and stuff and we read all the extended universe books when we were kids and everything. So, I mean, it's cool to see that that's coming. I'd love for them to do something with the old Republic. Like if they did a a show or a movie about the Sith war, that'd be sick. 
Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. I'd be down for that. Um, yeah, I you know I know some people argue. I remember they were arguing with you know how around the time that Force Awakens was about to come out, or they knew it was being made people were wanting george lucas to direct it and everything like that you know and my my take on it you know people complained about all three of the latest movies because he wasn't a part of it and yada yada but at the same time those same people also bitched about the prequel trilogy and george lucas directed all of those like do you really think you would have liked the latest trilogy if george lucas directed it like i'm pretty sure they still would have hated it you know like everyone will always find something to complain about yeah i think the one thing we can take away from this is everyone's like oh i guess the prequels aren't so bad (laughs) well not everyone but you can definitely if it helps you guys out um i remember star wars coming out um i didn't think too much about it as a kid but i finally just checked out like the new ones Mm -hmm. and now i'm finally hooked so maybe i'm that guy so (laughs) hey i mean you know it's to each their own man everyone's got like a favorite trilogy or obviously a favorite movie from one of the trilogies you know um but uh i i do wonder uh i know yeah i feel like last jedi is definitely probably the most controversial for sure just because it was a pivoting point i think what happened uh there was just too many cooks in the kitchen simply that way too many cooks in the kitchen Mm-hmm. You know, um, too much going on with it. Or... Yeah, I and I think that's what happened. You know, with um, with George Lucas when you know he was operating the story, the company, and all that. You know, you didn't have as many different. You know, mm-hmm. and I, I, I don't know that. I think that's part of why people weren't satisfied. Is there was just too much, too many different people throwing their, um, yeah, their hat. Or throw, yeah, throwing their name in the hat kind of thing. I think one thing to keep in mind about Star Wars, you know, no matter how objectively good or bad from a, from a movie standpoint the films are, um, you know, whenever I go into a theater for a Star Wars movie, I expect nothing else but to be immersed in a completely different you know, galaxy, you know, and, and, and being in there in the X-Wing, in the lightsaber battles, you know, I think I think that's always been the magic of Star Wars is even if you've got like, you know, bad on screen chemistry between what is it, Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman, <laughs> like you can overcome that because all of a sudden now there's a new clone trooper transport flying in and that thing looks cool and you can watch that get blasted out of the sky, you know. Like yeah. that's always been the magic for me, is just mm-hmm. it's just, you know, being in that universe. And I think George Lucas just created, you know, he truly created another uh, another universe that we all get to kind of transport ourselves off to every once in a while. So that's true. That I mean, that's a good way to look at it. I kind of remind this is movie is completely unrelated, but it kind of reminds me of Mary Poppins <clears throat> and Dick Van Dyke. You know, everyone talks about how horrible his uh, his English accent was in that movie. In that movie, but it's still a magical treasured movie. Like people still love the movie, you know what I mean? So, and then you can take that and kind of relate it to, you know, a lot of people like strike on Hayden Christensen for his acting in in the, the prequel films and saying, Oh my gosh, it was horrible. Worst acting ever. But it's the, the, the different universes, uh, the different planets, different solar systems, all that stuff that we get to see that's still all there. So yeah. I, I, uh, I definitely see what you're saying there, Steven. So, but, uh, I'm really curious, um, man, we're really diving in deep into the star Wars. I can't <laughs> help it, but and, and maybe, maybe Adam, you know more about this. I've only just like read headlines here and there, but there are some more like spinoff movies coming, right. Or, or maybe not, or, or, or not movies, but series. Right. Yeah. And I, there's so much coming. I didn't read a whole lot into what, well, I read through what was when it came out. I read through what was going to come out, and then I was like, oh, "Okay, that'll be cool." And then I don't know. I didn't think much about. But I think because um, the one I was most interested in is, of course, the one with Obi Wan. And I, oh, I don't know if that I couldn't remember if that's supposed to be a movie or it's supposed to be a I, series. I think it's going to be a series like Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah, I'm that makes more sense for that. I cannot wait for that's mm, 
So excited to see Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan. Hell yeah, dude. He's so is one of my favorite actors. He's just so good at what he does. Um, so yeah, I think and I I I think Hayden Christensen is supposed to reprise his role too. That'll be interesting. You know, uh, kind of rolling back to the whole series thing, I think it's really interesting that Netflix, um, really everyone's kind of going geared more towards like this series, like storybook Mm -hmm. or like storytelling thing. So I could definitely see that, you know, where it's going to end up being more um, short series. I think it's just because... they're doing that everywhere, which is cool. Yeah, I think it's just because you can do more more with it. You can do more with the story, I feel like. Yeah. It's like going from a trilogy, so to speak, and, you know, crunching things into now everybody's doing, you know, like multiple series and you have that mm-hmm. creativity without the missing details. Which yeah. is cool. I think Star yeah. Wars works better as a series because especially if you look at their gigantic like book series and graphic novel series behind Star Wars that fills in a lot of the guy. Like when you watch a Star Wars movie, there's certain things that the movies just don't address and you're just expected to be okay with, you know? Yeah. Like you'll never know. You'll never know about certain things. Like in, in between, even like in in between like a new hope and empire strikes back, you know, you get, you get dropped into this situation that things like, you know, the extent, the, the books and stuff that are considered canon really fill you in on. So I think that's why, where these series really work out because it helps fill in a lot of gaps. You know, the, the Mandalorian is already kind of doing that. And, um, you know, but but I think what is going to be cool is the the movies coming out that are about like a single epic instance in the galaxy. Like you've got the new Patty Jenkins's um, Patty Jenkins's new uh, Rogue Squadron movie, which is going to be like basically a fighter pilot movie in the Star okay. Wars universe. So it's like it's a it's a fighter pilot movie, a and it happens to be in the Star Wars universe. So that works really <laughs> well at that point, rather than trying to tell this gigantic you know, saga with just films, you know, and, and expecting mm-hmm. people to have all the information at hand. Yeah. Or trying to, you know, like get Han Solo's story into one movie, you know, like maybe that would have done better as a series. Oh, all the again. smuggling runs he could have been you doing. Know? Yeah. Every episode's mm-hmm. a new, th- a new thing he has to smuggle or whatever. And, and shenanigans he's getting into with Chewbacca. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the funniest thing about what you just mentioned too, and this kind of applies elsewhere, but it's like, you go from like just the story itself to the universe. So I think of like how you have Marvel universe, you have DC universe, you have Mm -hmm. happy Madison, you know, for like a universe of Adam (laughs) Sandler. And it's like, it's kind of cool that like, I feel like people sometimes you can write into this storyline, but does it have to be the same story? Mm -hmm. It can be just that universe. Like how you're saying, there's a story about a fighter pilot. Mm -hmm. It's star Wars themed about a fire fight, fighter pilot, but it's still part of that. Uh, but he's it's not connected to the Skywalker family or anything yeah. like that. It doesn't yeah. have to be too if you love Star right. Wars, you know, because it's related and it's yeah. kind of cool. Good point, but, uh, man. I'm glad we geeked out so. about Star Wars here. For <laughs> I don't know if you can see in the background, I've got my Star Wars action figures, you know, in there. In my little, oh, I kind of see them. Little, uh, collection yeah. over here with some some nice. Gundams and other toys that I like to have hanging around. Nice. Yeah, this is a brand new shirt I'm wearing. My my it was one of my Christmas presents from my girlfriend, so I was pretty happy about that. And I also got Darth Vader socks. So right you on. Know. <laughs> yeah. Can't go wrong with that. And I've got, yeah, actually uh hanging in front of me in my little um my little desk slash studio. Uh I don't even know you can't really call it that right now, but uh, is actually a big poster of C-3PO and he's actually in the studio himself with a mic in front of him. He's got headphones on and everything. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's perfect for, you know, the the podcast setup, but uh, Yeah, we got to get a C-3PO feature on the new album. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'm, I am I'm starting, C-3PO. <laughs> starting to come around to that. I was always the person that didn't understand Star Wars, so I didn't think about it a lot. But then my girlfriend really got me into it about 2 weeks ago. So now I think I'm on board, guys. All right. All right. Coming Welcome. Around. Welcome, Joey. Yeah. Welcome. All right. Well, this has been fun, guys. Um, anything else you want to you want to plug about weather worn before we hang up? Um, 
got a lot of cool stuff coming, you know, pretty soon. Um, right now I feel like we're right in the midst of getting everything production wise around, but, uh, thanks for everything, you know, for the support to anyone who is watching this. Um, of course. Um, you know, we're glad to keep doing it. So, and I assume, I mean, the, the second record, um, it won't be out until later this year, right? Uh, I mean, you know, earlier than later. Um, I think okay. we started working on this like last summer to a degree. Oh, um, wow. COVID kind of, you know, spread stuff around. Um, mm-hmm. Tentatively, I think we're looking probably late spring, early okay. early summer. So sooner than later. Yeah, that'll be here before you know it. Um, yeah, so. Cool. All right. Well, uh, Joey, Steve, and Adam, thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having us. No problem. So. Have a have a good rest of your Sunday. Thank All right, you're welcome. Take it easy. <laughs> yeah, you too. <laughs> Bye. Take this moment to silence. Set the ball in motion. Get it out in the open. Leave the pieces where they rest. Cause it's Thank you once again to Steve, Joey, and Adam of Weatherworn for spending time with us on the podcast today. Really looking forward to hearing that new album later this year. I got to tell you, Head and Hands has been stuck in my head so much lately. Uh, It's on the Pop Punk and Pizza Podcast Spotify playlist this month if you want to give it a listen. So uh, this episode has been sponsored by the band Cheer Up Dusty and their new single Shirtless and Afraid which is now available everywhere online. sponsor cheer up dusty with their new single shirtless and afraid available now on all streaming platforms be sure to follow cheer up dusty on facebook instagram twitter and twitch at cheer up dusty if your band business or event would like to sponsor an episode go to poppunkpizzapod.com for all the details on that. That wraps it up for Pop Punk and Pizza today. I'm Jacques Lamore. I hope you had just as much fun as I did. Thank you, as always, for being here. If you haven't already, I encourage you to catch up on previous episodes at poppunkpizzapod.com or wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. We were recently added to Pandora. Um, so if Pandora is your thing, 
there you go. Hit that subscribe button as well and uh, drop a positive rating and review if you could. It costs nothing but a bit of your time, of course. And make sure you sign up for our email list this month at poppunkpizzapod.com because every person who signs up in January is entered for a chance to win a cozy, warm, fuzzy hoodie with our logo on it. So um, make sure, or, or I suppose if you don't want to take a chance and you just want to go ahead and buy one, you can do that in our merch store. But uh, you can do all of that to merch store and sign up for our mailing list at poppunkpizzapod.com. Our socials as well, by the way, are Pod at uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All of them, it's all the same handle, Pop Punk Pizza Pod. So uh, the next episode coming your way is going to be this Tuesday, January 19th, with Cody Jones, who is the owner of Anchor 84 Records. And Cody has a really cool story of how he got started in the record business and, and how he started Anchor 84 Records. And I think you'll find it really fascinating. So I hope you're staying safe. And keeping your head up high, you know, I I got a feeling this year is going to be way better than last year. I just know it. So hang in there, all right? Love you lots. Hey, hello, it's nice.